This is the TSG Multimedia Podcast for March of 2024. We're sponsored this month by Podomatic and the TSG Train Crew on Patreon. Thank you very much. I'm John, host of the longest continuously running train-related podcast that I'm aware of, now running in our 15th continuous year. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be talking about the train-related events of last month, including the Layout Design and Operations Weekend that was held in Santa Rosa, some ideas about how you can put on hybrid events for your own organization, our live talking trains show that was done in an almost completely different way, an obsession, a visit with Jack Burgess, and more. In addition to that, I'll bring you up to speed on some upcoming events and programs, so that way you'll have a good idea of what to expect later this year. So let's get right to it. Well, hello there. We're doing something today that's kind of train-related. We're on our way up to a place called Santa Rosa. And driving through San Francisco right now, we're going to the Layout Design and Operations Weekend. You've been hearing me talk about this really on the podcast last month. I've been talking about it for a couple of months now as a hybrid event that we do up here uh, or around the Bay Area, I should say, because it goes to different places. We happen to be in Santa Rosa this year. But anyway, that's where we're going, and I'll have some more for you later as the day rolls forward. Got to pay attention to driving. is gone still. This is one of those things that a lot of people come do when they visit this area. Walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, you're getting to see what it's like, but at 45 miles an hour. And it's kind of surprising to me that they have a low fence across most of the span and not a high fence, because people jump over this thing. What you can't see though, is that there's a net just where you would fall if you tried to jump over that fence, just below the, the span here where you walk. It's a pretty cool thing to do though, if you're ever out in the area, walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, it's two miles. You can also ride your bikes if you want. And they have people in San Francisco that rent bikes just so that you can ride across the bridge. It's probably what those people are riding. something else that's really famous the rainbow tunnel or tunnels I should say because it's on both sides it's been named the Robin Williams tunnel now I'm sure after he died but this is another one of those things that people come to this area just for this 
This is the kind of stuff you only get on the podcast. Woo! At this event every year, on the Friday afternoon before the event, and I'm talking about the Layout Design and Operations Weekend, we have what we refer to as a prototype tour. And that's where we go and look at something that's railroad related, but probably not models. And so today we came here to the Northwestern Pacific Historical Society in Petaluma, California. And inside this building here, they have a whole archive set up. And what we're looking at here today, I've already seen, so I can talk about it now, is what the processes are and how they archive all the stuff they get. And they have a lot of stuff in here, from maps to articles to records, just everything. And the uh, guy that I met here, I've met at the Western Railway Museum before. His name was Ron Close, super nice guy, gave us a deluxe tour of what they're doing here. And this is just another one of those things that the in-person attendees get to experience when you come to the layout design and operations weekend. So uh, signing off from Petaluma for now. Hi, so this is the next day and we're at the layout design and operations meet. And you can see that there's someone doing a presentation right now. And here's our setup. I have two cameras and a feed from the laptop up front. And you don't have to do anything this fancy if you want to do your own production. But if you have the equipment and know how to use it, it does help. Okay, so this is now the lunch break. And you can see everybody's going to lunch. I thought I'd take just a second to show the setup that I used for this event. So let's get over to that table. You can see there's a video mixer here. This is a very inexpensive mixer. You can buy this, you know, on Amazon or whatever. Not expensive. This is the audio mixer that I'm using to run the uh, shotgun mics that I usually use on shoots. They work really well. They're very directional. So instead of worrying about miking the presenter, we're just miking the PA. See that little box on the bottom of that little rolling cart there? That's the PA. And the microphone stand just in front of the table there is pointed directly at it. So it sounds almost like you're miking the person. Then that's all fed into a Zoom meeting on this computer. Pretty easy. If you wanted to do something even simpler, you could have a computer sitting up on that rolling cart or up on that podium and have a webcam, either the one right on the computer or an external one pointed at the presenter and then just run the Zoom meeting on the computer that's up on the rolling cart. And then when it's time for the presentation, you just start your presentation on that computer and everybody on the Zoom call sees what's being presented and hears that person's audio. So it doesn't have to be this complex at all. And frankly, this isn't really that complex anyway. And then of course, over here, we have the two cameras that are feeding the mixer. And in addition to the two cameras, I think I mentioned it, that little device up there with two antennas is feeding this little device on the table with two antennas into the mixer. And that's giving us the presentation sl slides from the computer. 
So what I'm doing here is a little bit more complex than what I suggested you could do. So if you're someone who's running a meeting or something like this, or you want to run a bunch of meetings like this or clinic rooms like this, you can just use the computer in the front of the room as the Zoom meeting attendee and then feed that presentation directly to your audience and you don't need all this stuff. Now all this stuff makes it a little bit more deluxe because I can switch cameras and switch angles if we want to. But really when we're talking about sharing a presentation, we're talking about sharing what's on the screen of the person who's talking. And if you're in a Zoom call or something like that, you wouldn't have all these cameras anyway. So, and then you could have multiples of these as long as the Wi-Fi supports it at the venue, you could have three breakout rooms and each one could have its own presentation running simultaneously. So it's not that hard to make your in-person events virtual. It's actually quite simple. It's just a matter of, do you want to do it? And if you don't want to do it, you should ask yourself, why are you doing this? Because you're excluding 90% of the people that could attend if you made it available virtually or more than 90%. All right. So it's a bit later and uh, finally home, got showered, ready for bed, tired. These kind of days are long days of working. You have to be really alert the whole day, trying to make sure not to miss anything. Because at a live event, you get one chance to do it right. And so, uh, yeah, it was a good event, though. And really, honestly, the, the event continues, actually. You know, we were out Friday, yesterday, for the Northwestern Pacific Historical Society. But then today we had our clinic day. And all day tomorrow, people from this event are going to be operating on the various layouts that are going to be open for it. And it's like I've said before in the past that this event is really good for getting into operations because all the op sessions that they hold now for the rest of the weekend here tomorrow are going to be geared towards people that are new to operations. So if you've never done it before and you'd like to try, this is the kind of event that you can really make that happen. So be on the lookout for it if you can ever attend in person. And of course, we'll probably continue to do the hybrid, you know, virtual event as well, uh, because that's something that I think everybody who's on the planning committee for this event feels the same way about it, which is there's no reason not to do it. We have the technology and it's easy to easy enough to do that you know, like there's no excuse really not to. And, you know, if you're serious about growing a bigger tent and bringing more people into this, you know, the world's greatest hobby and all the things that we hear about, if we're really serious about that, shouldn't we be doing everything we can to make sure that as many people as possible can be included in events like this? That's really what I'm talking about. So anyway, that's it for tonight or today, whatever. And I'll be back next time there's something to report on. On the 21st, my friend Murph came over for a special edition of the Talking Trains show. I call it a special edition because these programs are almost always held virtually. 
meaning the guest co-host and any featured guests appear from their own home or office, like what you see in a Zoom call. Since Murph was here in person, I had to set up a makeshift studio, and you'd never know it from watching, but we were actually in my kitchen. We had Phil Edholm on that show to talk about the upcoming PCR convention that's happening in April. It's a hybrid event, so anyone in the world with an internet connection can join us live online for 15 clinics plus a bunch of additional stuff. After we talked with Phil, Murph and I explored some of the tips and tricks Murph has come up with for utilizing things like 3D printing in ways you might not have considered. It's definitely worth catching that show on the replay if you missed us live. Hi, I did something kind of railroad related today. I'm sitting in the workshop of Jack Burgess and you may remember him. We've done a bunch of videos together over the course of the past few years, model railroading with Jack Burgess. And he had a whole bunch of really cool color photos of the YV. So we did a video together today or recorded for it. That's basically a slideshow of color photos of the YV. And we take you from Merced all the way up to El Portal, which is, you know, the entrance to Yosemite. But here's what you don't know. Jack is still modeling and he's working on a project. So I'm gonna see if I can coerce him into talking about it right now. Several decades, I mentioned to a friend of mine that the Yosemite Valley Railroad observation car was up in Northern California and it had been used as a cafe. And um, when they stopped doing that, they moved it, put it in a field and I learned that they were going to burn it up unless somebody wanted it. So I went up and looked at it. It was terrible looking. And I mentioned it to a friend of mine that I had convinced to model the railroad, the YV railroad. And uh, he wanted to go see it. Well, they went and saw it and bought it for a dollar to make it legal. Shipped it down to the Bay Area. And he took off work for two years and was working on it solid 40 hours a week. A few months ago, he told me that I needed to build a model of it to have on display in the real car. So this is how far I've gotten. This is the observation area, of course, um, bathrooms and so forth. The underbody is done, all the brake gear and so forth. Fortunately, the car is being stored not that far from here. So I was able to go up take pictures of the items underneath the car model and so forth. The railing at the back of the car back here was kind of a challenge. And so I drew it up and planned to have it photo etched and could not find anybody locally or even in the United States. Turned out the only place I could find that several modelers recommended is in Scotland. And so I sent them my drawing and uh, it took a while and eventually they got it done and they said I wanted one they sent me enough to so that I can mess up multiple times and still have one good so um, that's what I'm working on next is to do the railing the roof is done just about um, I've had 3d printed all the seats on both sides. So it's coming along. 
What scale is this? This is O scale, 148th scale. Do you have the trucks to make it Proto 48? Yes. So this is a, a really accurate model of this Yosemite Valley 330 that's up in Niles Canyon. Oh, look at this. So these are trucks. These were uh, about 30 or $40 for a pair. Stuff is not cheap when you're in O-scale. Hi, we're doing something train-related today. Okay. We came to an operating session at Dave Loveless's R&D layout once again. Last time we were here was a couple, couple months ago. And I'm working this job over here, which is the... I don't know what this is called, but it goes from uh, Pacific Grove down to San Jose. And it's a passenger train. Oh, it's the Del Monte West. There we go. Hi, Dave. <laughs> and so I'm, I've been making my first station stop here for three minutes and thought I'd come on here and make a quick little video just to explain what we're doing. Uh, one cool thing about this op session was I was able to invite someone that hasn't been here before. So I invited Paul from the Fern Creek and Western. We haven't had a chance to hang out since the Fern Creek and Western closed. So I wanted to have him and I knew that he wanted to come here. So I invited him. And so he's over working one of the simpler jobs just to get the get a feel for the layout. And it should be fun. I'm going to see if I can get him on here later to tell us what he thinks of the layout and maybe recount some of his experience here as a, as a first-time operator here. He's operated other places before. So anyway, that's what we're doing today. Hi, so our top secret operator came with us today too. And uh, what are you doing today? Uh, right now, I'm working a pretty easy train, a sand train that kind of runs the whole layout. So they said it was the rail fanning train. So I've been rail fanning. Oh. I get to run the helix. And, I love the sand train. That's one of my favorites here. It's fun. I've never taken it the same direction you're going, though. I always take it from, what is it, Pacific Grove down to the end. She's doing it the opposite direction because it has to get back up there. So it looks like Charlie's here again today. and. What are you working on today, Charlie? Uh, right now, I'm blocking out the um, Castroville local, which oh. is a combination of reefers that are going to get loaded up with good things over in Castroville and other things. Yeah. Other, other stuff to deliver. Well, so, I, I understand, though, from the yard master that you're the yard flunky. I'm the yard flunky? Yeah. Or the yard junkie. <laughs> All right, so we've made it to the afternoon. The second half of the session starts after lunch. And... Uh, these sessions go from about nine to about three, something like that. And I was lucky this time I had a pretty easy job in the morning. It's kind of a through train. And the second job I'm doing, which I'm in the middle of right now, I had to stop before lunch is a more complicated switching job. So having a lot of fun like usual. Hey, here's our new operator. It's first time here. Yep, you you recognize Paul. Paul, haven't seen you since Fern Creek and Western, right? You having fun or what? Having a great time here, yeah. I'm uh, glad I came to get today to uh, check out this layout and run some some fun SP trains. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm really, I would say, primarily a model. I, I like to, to model stuff and design 3D trains and you know, scenery and all that kind of stuff. 
But uh, I have operated on a lot of layouts throughout the years. And though it's not my primary thing, I'm glad I came today to experience it because this is a very fun layout to operate. And I definitely would encourage people that, you know, if they're not so sure about operations to just give it one try and see how you like it. You know, um, when you show up, generally, if the people are nice, they'll give you one except, of the easier trains. Yeah, except me. I wasn't very nice. Except John. No, John, John's a nice guy off camera. <laughs> but, uh, Usually, usually they'll give you, you know, the easier trains to get the lay of the land, the layout, and once you understand it, then there's a good chance that you'll have, they'll give you some more difficult trains. But by then, you'll know the layout, and you'll probably have an even more fun time than when you started. So, if you're you're thinking about doing operations and you have the opportunity, I would definitely try it at least once, or probably twice. So I'm waiting for my next job to start. I'm going to be operating this 4110 cab forward to get out of here as soon as this reefer block finishes entering the yard. I don't think I've done this job either yet, so this ought to be fun. So this job that I'm working right now requires me to stop at this yard. And if you look down there, just past the train that was moving toward us a second ago, you can see the cab forward sitting in the pocket. That's what they call that. It's just a track that's long enough for the locomotive and the tender to sit in so that the yard people can move stuff around me. So what they're going to do is they're going to take cars out of the train I was just pulling and add cars to it. Different cars, that is. So, again, it's just simulating the movements of real railroads. And it's a lot of fun. Isn't it? Isn't it? It is. I don't know what I just agreed to, but it's probably right. All right, so we just finished uh, the uh, op session. We're getting ready to take off. And uh, I didn't mention it, but we went with this guy. Hey! Hello! It's that, wait, it's that guy from Wiley. There we go. It's that guy from Wiley's Wanderings. It's me! Yeah. Did you have fun today? I did have fun today. Cool. And in the back, secret producer. Oh. Did you have fun today? I did. We always have a really good time, and thanks, Dave. You're the best. Our catch of the month comes from Goofy Gary, who took this picture of a Southern Pacific freight train in San Jose way back in September of 1984. And here's a model catch of the Broadway Limited version of Southern Pacific GS4, number 4449, that I took for last month's product spotlight on this model. I didn't mention it earlier, but this model was loaned to me by a catch of the month regular, Ben Harp. Thanks so much, Ben. If you have a train or model catch you'd like to share on this show, please email it to podcast at tsgmultimedia.com. Be sure you own the shots and include the what's, when's, and where's of the shots you send in. This month, we'll be recording for some upcoming layout tours and other programs that are in pre-production right now. One big highlight for March will be taking place next weekend on Saturday the 9th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. The Ultimate Fern Creek and Western Layout Tour video will premiere. And then that evening at 5 p.m. Pacific, there will be a supporting live stream with Trevor Park and Paul Nolan, who worked on that railroad over the course of its nine years plus lifespan. Consider it the final farewell for this iteration of the Fern Creek and Western. 
This month's episode of Talking Trains happens on Wednesday, March 20th. Details are still being finalized, but it's likely that I'll have a special guest co-host that you won't want to miss. That's all I can say about that for the moment. Then on the first weekend of April, the Spring Open House event at the South Bay Historical Railroad Society takes place. That event is always a great time. I'm mentioning that now because I won't be back with the podcast until that very day. Now, before I go, I want to mention that this podcast is available in both video format and also in audio-only format. So if you have more time to keep up by listening in the car, for example, you can find it almost anywhere you get your audio podcast content, including the Google Play Store and Apple Podcast Store as well. I'd also like to invite you to become a member of the TSG Train Crew. That's what I call our supporters on Patreon. If you watch on a regular basis, it's worth supporting our efforts here. It's cheap, like two bucks a month, but it would help a lot if only a small percentage of our regular watchers contributed. Patrons get early access to the feature content in 4K and without ads. They also get other perks like deals on the models we showcase on the product spotlight programs and behind the scenes access to TSG out in the field. And we have a lot of fun together when that happens. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. I'll be talking about the train-related events of last month, and the teleprompter just turned off. <laughs>